It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program. First of all, my co-host, Kim Sorrell, author of Love Is. Kim, how are you? And I know you're excited about our guest today. I am so excited about our guest, Jeff. I cannot believe that I am sitting here with you. You look amazing, by the way. You are beautiful. I love what oh, you're doing. You. I love your music. I love who you are. Oh. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I was going to say, I love your eyes. I, I'm a sucker for blue eyes. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. That's so sweet. You, your history is amazing. You are young and you have this absolutely incredible history that I'd love for you to talk about. Sure. Um, which part do you want to, when I, <laughs> Where I you were like, born so and, and what you've done, where you've come from? Um, well, you know, I, I was born in Tehran, Iran, during the revolution, and that was really uncertain times. There was a war. Um, you know, my my mom and dad had 13 kids. I'm the baby 13. So I, I don't know what happened. Sorry about that. Um, I get these, like, notifications. I just, uh, I have to turn it off somehow. But anyway, coming from Iran... Um, you know, there was a revolution. I was just born. So basically I come to this world and there was chaos and war and, um, uncertainties. And it was just really sad times in, in our life. And they had kidnapped my brothers and we, we, we didn't know if we can get them back. My dad passed away after six months I was born. So I never got to meet my father and my mother wore the pants in the family as well as, the, you know, she was a mom and a dad because she had to raise 13 kids now. Um, but, you know, what my mom always taught us was about uh, praying and believing in God and, and being a good person. And if some hardship comes your way, you just have to face it and keep moving forward. But my mom is the woman that I am today, my family, honestly. Wow. You know, when you talk about specifically enough, uh, the challenges, how did you, at a real young age, how did you overcome some of those things? And those options? Um, that's a good question. I, I honestly think like... When you keep your mindset positive and you just um, just you know stay grateful in a state of gratitude and you surround yourself with very loving uh, people that are also very driven and motivated in, in, in life. I mean, all my family have businesses. They, they're here to contribute to society. We're all good humans, you know, and we're here to make the world a better place uh, in our own little way, right? Um, but I think that all ripples out. Um, and even coming to us, uh, there were some problems at first, you know, like uh, because of, of my nationality and stuff, because I didn't speak the English and I was made fun of in high school and stuff like that. Um, but I never lost hope. And I, I, I just thought because, because I was different, I was, I was not from here and I didn't speak the language and um, I had some difficulties at first, but um, you know, it, it, obstacles are there for us to grow and to learn. And I always knew that. Um, and that's why I am where I am and in my life and uh, because of being positive and being grateful. So it's amazing. It's amazing how going through diversity makes you stronger. It's very true. And I, I take all of that. I always say to turn pain into power and love. You know, a lot of people are still talking about the pain and we all been through. I mean, every single human, I don't care who the person is, even if there's the richest person in the world, you have problems. We all have things that we have to deal with and obstacles or problems we have to solve. And, but it's about how we do that. And I always think about that because 
I've been raised by very smart people and I have a big family, sisters and brothers, and they always taught me and I watched what they would do. And I'm like, what would a, an enlightened human do in this, <laughs> in this moment in time right now? And I'm not, I'm not always the best, but 99.9% um, I, I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Did you always know that you wanted to perform? Yes, I always loved acting. I mean, actually, I, I was a theater girl before and I took a lot of theater in, in, in college. And um, that's what I wanted to do. I mean, I was like the baby of 13. So I would entertain my brothers and sisters. You know? <laughs> they, were, they were like my audience. And um, but acting didn't go where I needed it to go. And I think I wasn't really pursuing it fully because I, I, I was seeing a lot of things in Hollywood and it wasn't appealing to me. And I was like, oh, I'm OK. I'm just going to put that dream to the side back burner and maybe I'll produce movies or direct one day so I can still be in it, but I don't want to be an actress. So, and then singing came later. And I think, um, you know, I was like, maybe I'll just should do this. And God one day was like, okay, you're ready for it because I have pu pushed my blessing aside for a long time. I was not ready for that power. Like it was just a lot because when you're in the public eye and you know, you're famous and you have all this money, it's like, oh my God, you really have to be stable and you have to really want this for the right reasons because it can take you to another place. So when you're doing it for, the, for, the, for other people, to entertain them, to inspire them, to motivate them, whether it's through music, whether it's through a movie that's going to touch them, you know, touch their heart, that's amazing. It's just a human connection. That's what's beautiful. Absolutely. So what age did you start singing? Um, I, I think like... When I was like 18, 19, I was like, I, I, I think I can carry a tone. Like I always thought my voice was pretty, not to be biased, but like, I was like, I think I can do this. I would mimic or imitate some singers and stuff or songs that I liked. And I'm like, I think I can do this. It was more like convincing myself. No, you can do this, you know? And then um, I started just singing like quietly. I didn't want any, I was a little shy, <laughs> believe it or not. So then I didn't really do it, pursue it fully. And then I met a producer, um, we, we were like friends and we worked on some music, but that didn't go anywhere because I was in my heart. I don't think I was like fully in it. Uh, and then like 25, 26, I started singing more in Farsi. And then we did an album when my son was born, believe it or not, uh, in my 30s. And then I was like, ooh, I think I have something. Maybe I should write a song in English. And that's when I connected with da Damon Sharp. And I was just went to the computer one day and, you know, and I told God, I said, if you still want to, you know, give me those gifts, I'm ready for them, Father, you know. So, and I just look on the computer and then his name popped up. I, I didn't even know how big he was. Honestly, I didn't know he produced Jennifer Lopez or Ariana Grande. And, and then like after him and I talked and I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> this guy is like amazing. And I had no idea. I just, I just liked, I just liked his work ethics. I liked the way um, he kind of, um, introduced himself and I thought he was a like really amazing soul because it's really hard sometimes in the industry to find good people that really want your interest in mind. So that's amazing. It's amazing when you make connections like that, that you never knew were possible, but you have to be the one to reach out, right? Like you have to open those doors. God says it's there. You have to do the research. You have to go after it. You can just sit on the couch and just say, okay, well, my life is going to change. I'm going to lose weight uh, or something good is going to come to me. You have to do it because you have to be your own like wing woman or, you know, like a hype man or whatever you call it. You know, it's like, you got to be that for you. You know, you got to invest in yourself. You have to do things for you. You have to push yourself. And it's nice to have people that believe in you too, obviously. And so that helps a lot. You are such an inspiration. And uh -huh. uh, I wonder how much of it has to do too with being a mom yourself. Oh, yeah. I've always wanted to be a mom. Not for the, maybe not until like later in life, like I, because I have so many nieces and nephews. I am the baby 13. So I've raised a lot, you know, like babysat and I love to be free. I never even got pets because I was like traveling, doing stuff. Um, but now I have two <laughs> boxer big boys, you know, and I have two babies. Um, the motherhood definitely changed me. Like I always wanted to do something nice for the world or even like to make my world a more beautiful place so it can like triple, trinkle out. But now I'm like, I really, I'm like, no, I mean, I'm on a mission. Like <laughs> I'm on this amazing mission to, to help 
like in my way, again, you know, I'm not trying to save the world, but if I can just save my little, you know, and just trinkle that out to the world, that's, that would be awesome. But I would love to do some healing center for the adults. And eventually one day I want to do schools. Like I would, cause I lived in Germany and I've seen some really amazing school system there. So I'm like, Oh my God, if we create like something really cool for these kids, it's not just sitting on the desk and just watching the, the you know, the, the board and let, let's do something fun for these kids that they get excited to go to school every day. So I want to like come up with my own school one day. And that's one of my dreams to do. So you're, Healing seeing, you're, you're, so you're seeing there's a mission driven part of your career that through the success, the continued success of your career, that's going to lead to the missions of, of being able to provide the real life changing uh, part of your legacy. Right? Yes. It's like, what does our society need? And I look around, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, we got to help the adults. They're overstressed. They're tired. They can maybe not go to a retreat in Mexico or Bali. I don't know. I live here and I want to go somewhere just for a couple hours, but I want a, a place that I can just go rest, that can teach me how to meditate. We don't really have that. We have little places here and there for massage, but we need help. Like we, we are in a place in our time where we're like a lot of people are overstressed, overworked and need like to learn to relax and we need to help them. And even the children, I just think like, schools are not fun these days anymore. I mean, it's just not exciting. And it's a place where you get scared to go and with the shooting and all that bad stuff that's happening, you know? So I just want to create something that is going to help the younger kids and, and because, you know, teach them to fish rather give them, you know, and then also for the adults. So we need help for both kind of spectrum on both sides. I love that. I want to go to your place when you open it. And learn um, meditation because that would, would be amazing. That's so necessary. <laughs> you would definitely be invited. Believe me, okay. whoever wants to come, you're, you're all invited. <laughs> great, great. And education is so important. And, uh, and it's interesting. You mentioned that you saw what they do in Germany. And it's funny how in some countries, education is so valued and so important. And people understand the value of education and in other places I feel like here quite often we take it for granted. We sure do. And um, I feel like there should be more after school programs that um, the kids, you know, can go and help with homework because parents are working later now. Um, there should be something that can help these children. Like even summer camp, my kids go to summer camp. Not that I don't want them in, in the house. I love spending time with my children, but it's good for them to meet other kids and, you know, to play and stuff like that. And they do art and swim and, um, you know, they love going to summer camp. They, they're excited in the morning to go to school. Well, some, you know, camp, but we need to do something that's an after school for, program for the kids too, just so they have somewhere to go afterward. I mean, the inner city, there's so many areas that the, it needs help. And I feel like we just need to stress on that more. These children are everything. We need to help them. We need to give them guidance and give them the right tools. If they don't have it, then they don't know better. Does that give you motivation each day, you know, when you're as a recording artist to get out there and really even like, or when you're traveling to say, I can, the more I put into this, the more success I have, the more I can give back. It just seems like the give back is such an important part as we talked about before, but how do you like those tough days, those tough days as an artist, get through them? What, what gives you that mindset to keep going? I listen to music. <laughs> I work out, I sweat, um, I stretch. I, I stretch and I go deeper and I'm a yogi before I did music. Uh, I'm actually a, a 5,000 hour yogi teacher. Mm -hmm. I did yoga for a while. I worked at spas. I, I, I've been in the spa world for almost 12 years. I'm an esthetician by trade. So I, I've done all of that stuff. So that's what I do. I go inward. And, and so when I, I breathe the, 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 the pain, wherever it's hiding in my body, because where does pain go when we're upset? It hides in our body. And that's why we have aches and stuff, right? But when we are stretching, we're releasing that pain and we're just breathing it out, right? So it's just like life. Just take one breath at a time. You own your breath. No one else does. It's yours. And just once you go inward, everything is perfect. It's just our outer world is always knocking and trying to get our attention or get us mad or or, uh, or frustrated or whatever it may be. So those are the things that helps you grow. So you just have to know where the root of the problem is and just tackle it and, and, and give it love. You breathe love into the areas that need love. 
I love that. Speaking yeah. of love, I love that. I mean, you're you're so passionate about it. And everything you. that you're talking about has to do with helping other people, which I is was, that's why I'm doing this. Honestly, like I wake up every day and I'm like, okay, why am I doing eight-hour rehearsals and I'm writing more songs and things are taking off slowly. And I'm, I love the way things are unfolding in my life and my career. I wouldn't have it no other way because God always says, I will prepare you. I'm not going to like set you up for failure. And if there's do- closed doors, it's because I'm either not ready or it's just not the right time. Because I got something bigger for you. So if God blesses me, may my blessings bless others. And I always say that um, because that's just the way I am. I mean, I wouldn't even need to do any of this. I could just be a be a stay-at-home mom and um, you know, I have an amazing life. I'm very blessed, you know, but I don't want to just sit around. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to do something. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go wherever the, the roads are not there, and I'm just gonna build more roads or I'm uh, gonna fly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for you. Good for you. It goes back to what Neil said. Kind of the the more you have, the more you can give, the more you can do. It is about giving. It really is because even when you think of currency, right? It's current. It's like a current. You just have to, it just has to go around and, and in, you know, we can just like keep everything for ourselves. You know, you have to be able to give back. And as, as a celebrity, as someone like, you know, musician or singer, songwriter, it doesn't matter. Um, I would love to do like, we should do like world tours where, you know, twice a year for the kids of the world or something. I mean, I would love to start like a trend like that where um, the children of the world and, you know, I kind of like relate to Michael Jackson in so many ways because I do have a big passion for kids. And even when I was younger, I remember not having much. And there's a lot of kids that can buy instruments because they're expensive, you know, to be able to donate instruments, you know, for them to play and um there's just so much there's so much we can do to make exactly. this world a better place in our own little way you know for Mr. sure I, go ahead, Kim. I was go ahead. i was just gonna say i do a lot of work in haiti and dominican republic and burkina faso and you can come with me anytime you want to and i would love to kids. Do, yeah we can go perform there and I'm sure they each have those cities all have very wealthy people. <laughs> we can put like a fun performance together and give half of it back to the, to those children. You know, I mean, it's all about that. That's what life is about. You know, we all are God's children. And when you take care of one of his children, he will bless you and take care of you more. So that's the way I see it. So how pleased are you with the success so far of what you've been doing as a recording artist and especially your group? You gotta be happy. I'm really, I'm really very proud of my group and my team. My team is, I am who I am because of my team. You don't understand like being a singer. There's just so many elements that comes with it. You know, you have, you know, music director, you have choreographer, you have, I mean, there's just so much. I am like, like I said, I am who I am because of my team. I have an incredible team. I am extremely happy in where we are right now, how things are unfolding because I'm just getting ready mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, we're just going to go to the next layer of, of, of this, you know, and just keep, keep like tearing it out and becoming something more. How did you get your team together? Uh, you know, it wasn't like where we were like, oh, well, here's a 20 people. Great. Come on along. No, it was just along the road. You know, we just find amazing souls that just love my mission. And Shab is not just music. Shab is not, you know, just entertaining. I mean, Shab is, a, we want to make this a brand, you know, like it's a brand. It's a lifestyle. That is, that is who I am because I want to be able to help other people. Um, how am I living? What's helping me? I want to share the secrets. I want to put it all out there. And uh, so um, they, they're just amazing souls that uh, they're super talented and uh, we would meet along the way and we just made it, made them into our team and they wanted to stay. And I was just so grateful that they were like, that they love me and they believe in my mission as much as I do. So it's, it's pretty incredible. How did you form, like form your group? How did it come about getting it all, getting them all together? Like finding the right like-minded people to be around you for the group? Well, I have a really, I have to be thankful to a Septian group entertainment here. Um, Demi Lovata actually started her career like early years there. It's just kind of getting ready. And Jessica Simpson was with them for a little while too. Um, and I found some amazing talented group of people there. 
um, like my music director, he was a guitarist there and I was taking some guitar lessons and that's how him and I connected. And, um, and so he became my music director, you know? So it's kind of like very super talented and he used to do stuff for, he toured with Demi Lovato for five years. And so he's with me now. And cause like I said, he, he just believes in the brand as much. So they're all basically, basically sold to the Shab brand. And then, um, my choreographer is also, um, part of Septian group. So I found a lot of my people through Septian and, you know, I have my, um, social media platform group as well that we hired and um those girls like work tirelessly for me because i i take care of them you know I mean, we our heart is just a heart to heart and we we are always authentic and real about how we feel and um they're just good people so and like i'm my best friend since i've known i was 15 years old she's she helps me with some social media stuff as well so it's like people that i either knew uh, and some family members my husband obviously he's he's helping me with the business side and he was a um in wall street um a lawyer for merger and acquisition and he did um he did that for the longest time so he he's super smart witty he's built three four companies here in dallas and sold and created a new one and uh, so i'm in in a really great great hands here in, in texas you know with lots of great super smart people and very talented yeah dallas is a great city lots it of is. Good people yeah that's great where are you guys located by the way i'm in michigan Oh, nice. Now, now, I'm in, now I'm in Fort Worth. I was in Pittsburgh forever, but now I'm Oh, really? Pittsburgh. You're close by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you should come by one time. We're not, we're, <laughs> we're literally off the tollway. Absolutely. That will stay connected, no doubt. No doubt. I'm serious. Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, you should see on my social media I have a picture. I ended up being, I was at the movies in Dallas and ran into Mark Cuban. So you'll see how tall I am. If you go on my social media, you'll see me with Mark. So. Oh, cool. <laughs> Mark, 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 well, I'm going to. Yeah. Mark is a really cool guy. Actually, my husband's uh, old house was across Mark Cuban. And um, it was Stevie, it was his birthday and Stevie Wonder was singing live. I mean, we could, they could all hear it. Oh, cool. on the outside. Yeah, I've had other sharks on. I interviewed Brian, his brother too. Brian Cuban's a great guy. He has a book out and stuff like that. And I had him on a couple. So just yeah. all the real, and then also the Real Housewives of Dallas. I've interviewed a bunch of them on my show too. So I, I'm waiting right. to connect with a bunch of people that were around that I was in Pittsburgh interviewing and now I'm in, you know, in, in Fort Worth. So, you know, go I love it. it. Welcome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Texas is pretty cool. Fort yeah. Worth is awesome. Except it's, it's, too hot. it's too hot right now. Way yes. too hot. Way I too. agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kim, last question for Shab. Go ahead. Um, your, your music. I'd love for you to talk about your music, describe your, your sound, your uniqueness and, and your music. So uh, basically my sound is electric, I would say um, world pop and a um, little bit of rock and R&B. It has like a little bit of everything, I would say, but the newest one we just released, Crisscross, guys, go watch it. It's a really cool concept video and um, it's basically about a new love and um and they're both kind of playing games, but but they're really into each other. And the other one doesn't want to tell that one. And that one doesn't want to tell the other one. So it's kind of like a love triangle thing between, you know, trying to figure out, you know, either seducing him or like loving him. <laughs> so check, Chris Cross is a cool video and go check it out. The lyrics are beautiful. And I wrote that with um, Damon Sharp and uh, Eric Nicola. And so we wrote that song together and, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a make make feel good kind of vibe vibe um, music. So, but Infinite Love is out. You guys can like listen to either live versions or the you know regular track version as well. Oh, fantastic! A lot of uh, big things uh, coming up for sure. Yes, uh, my yeah. new actually my new my new album that should be coming out hopefully end of summer, which is called Euphoria. And my first album was Infinite Love. So we're keeping everything with the love, euphoric, universal, something different. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, Kim, uh, you can tell our listeners out there, especially who, uh, and I guess also tell Shab about you as an author and stuff like that. And then I'll find out where we can find info on Shab, okay? Awesome. Yeah, well, Shab, I would love to send you my book. My latest book, Love Is. I spent a year trying to figure out the true meaning of love. And I used um, an old poem that you're probably familiar with, 
uh, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, etc. That's my favorite quote. Did you know that I wrote what I wanted in a man? Like, and I put it inside of that quote. And then one day, I, you know, I, but that's my favorite quote of all time. Oh, I would awesome. love that. I would be an honor to have your book. Well, good, good. So I'll get your, your information and send it out to you. But yeah, and I'll send you a shop t-shirt. I have a shop okay. t-shirt. All right. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much. Yes. He's really building that lifestyle brand. So what do you think, uh, uh, and I was going to write to, to Shab on this question. So where do you want to see yourself? You, you want to create a lifestyle brand. So that's pretty much it. The music, the lifestyle, everything. So where do you see yourself in 10 years, Shab? Oh my gosh. That's a long time. I was, I was just at the five year stretch, <laughs> but 10 years. Wow. Um, I would love to eventually dabble in um, directing or producing. I have some ideas for some really heartfelt touched movies, even my childhood, like stuff that I've been through, but like there's some really cool concept that's just gonna move people. Um, I have some ideas for that. And I would love to be in, you know, either maybe feature, you know, and even like direct a, a movie. So that's, that's where I see myself. I would love to do that. I want to conquer music, obviously. I'm going to do like a spa, spa songs, you know, except for the spa. I want to do something special for the spa, like a spa audition. Like, you know, remember Enigma? Like not Enigma, but something cool and different that takes you to a trance. Like I want to do some cool, different genres of music too, obviously. But just conquer it all. Conquer it all. So one, day, people, one day at a time. <laughs> where can people find information on you? Where can they go? Best place. You can go to um, for IG, Instagram, Shop Music Official. Um, Facebook is the same, Shop Music, Shop Music Official. And then my website is uh, shabofficial.com. Uh, and then um, as well as Twitter, Shop Music Official. All right. And Kim, your website again for people? Uh, KimSorrell.com. Um, S-O-R-R-E-L-L-E, way too many letters, KimSorrell.com. And Love Is, the name of the book, it's available everywhere. Uh, fantastic. And check out, again, my website always for my people that listen to me. Again, number 12 celebrity podcast in the world, according to Feedspot, NeilHaley.com. And my new brand that's launching, Lifestyle, again, is Neil, the media giant, Haley. And uh, check us out, all those different places. Appreciate everyone and, and a great connection. And go figure how we all connect in this universe and move forward. And I appreciate you both stopping by. Oh, thank you so much for having us. You're welcome. You're listening to watching the Neil Haley show. We'll be back in just a moment. We're back to the Neil Haley show here on the caregiver Dave celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome program caregiver Dave. It's Nassani. Dave, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm thrilled. Uh, my book was launched yesterday. We've already got 150 people who bought it so far, and we are at the number one uh, bestseller of a new release. And that's congrats. And that's the thing about everyone's project. There is a opportunity. And this is what I love is everyone has a story, everyone thinks. And Dave, you've worked hard. Congratulations on what you've been able to accomplish. And our guest today, Christopher Zaluski, is going to talk about theirs is the kingdom. And uh, Christopher is the director of it. Christopher, thanks for stopping by. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. All right. So let's just, you know, just jump specifically in. Did you always want to be a director? Is this something growing up? One of the things I'm now trying to do, Christopher, is I'm niching down a little bit in my industry to start working with film directors and producers to help create tribes and communities. So I'm in this process of doing that to try to understand this industry more and more because I do work with authors. I work with everyone around. But because of me being in the entertainment field and I was a professional wrestler for X amount of years and all these things, the movies and television just truly interest me. So I said, hey, based on my marketing skills and what I do, I really want to get involved and understand this. So is directing something you always wanted to do? No, definitely not. I, um, I, I was always attracted to uh, being a writer. So I, I wanted to be a newspaper reporter and I was a newspaper reporter for a number of years. And um, I got into uh, nonfiction filmmaking and documentary filmmaking through that route. And so for me, it was always about storytelling. I didn't know the first thing about um, what a director or a director of photography or an editor or a grip or a producer or any of that stuff. I got into it through um, uh, just my background as a journalist. And then it slowly morphed into another um, another mode of storytelling that was really effective. And so that's how I got into it. Um, 
but no, for me, it's always about the story. So I was never really into, you know, being in, into movies or anything like that. So into storytelling. So a lot of filmmakers, they go in the, the route of, of feature length films or documentaries. And what, what intrigued you is the story of documentaries. And people don't think about documentaries, even though lots of people do them, meaning the process of how you create a documentary, the, the, the way you do all these different things in it. Because again, you know, some documentaries go to the, go to the, to the movies, but sometimes they're on PBS, different things like that. Yeah. A documentary person, do you see that filmmakers choose different routes? And one of the reasons because the documentary is more of a, telling a story in a way that's a real story sometimes compared to, you know, a, a full length feature film or a short. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, well, for, for one, I'll say, I think that um, we're kind of in a golden age for documentaries right now. I mean, there's so many platforms that are um, in need of high quality nonfiction content. And so, mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think for a while, you know, if you were a documentary filmmaker, you were kind of like second tier. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's still probably that perception, but there's a lot more of crossover right now between fiction filmmakers who try their hand in documentary and then big time documentary filmmakers who are now getting the opportunity to tell uh, mm-hmm. fiction stories. I think that you see kind of the influence a little bit with both for, for better and for worse. But um I mean, for me, it was always, I never had the desire to make a fiction film. I was in the nonfiction world because of my background. And so it was just documentary was the most, you know, logical next step for me. Um, But in terms of what you're saying, um, you know, is it about story or is it about the role? Like most of the productions that I've worked on, it's been small crews. And so I, I love the aspect of being in an environment, meeting people, talking with people that I never would have talked with before and having my hand in all phases of production from directing to filming, to editing, to producing. Um, and so documentary also kind of lends itself to allowing me to have my hand in all, in all aspects of production. So true, Christopher, you know, and the fact that uh, during the Academy Awards that uh, independent filmmakers are now able to uh, win a big award has really broken the, the uh, barriers um, I was in the right place at the right time and met a filmmaker. I just told him my story just because I was being sociable. And he says, wow, that'd make a great story. And he's, he's already making a film. It started out as a documentary, but now it's a feature length film. And so hmm. uh, I'm right there with you. Um, maybe this opportunity wouldn't have been there a few years ago. But uh, how, yeah. what are some of the challenges of, of doing that? Well, I mean, it's always a long game because it, it takes a while, especially if you're in the style of filmmaking that I've been drawn to recently, which is more observational or verite. So you start a film sometimes and you don't know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And so you're following a story for sometimes years. Um, the most recent film of mine, theirs is The Kingdom. It took me about three years to make. Um which isn't that long in, in comparison, you know, I've had friends who've worked on films for seven, 10, 12 years. And wow. so, wow. you know, the challenge when you're working on a project that long is, well, one, that can't be the only thing you're doing. So how do you <laughs> juggle that? You know, so you have funding issues, you have things like that. Um, and then I think the second part is just burnout. I mean, we don't have big crews most of the time. You're working with crews of maybe three, four, five people. Um, and so you're doing a lot of the work. And so you really have to love it. You have to be um, passionate about the film, the, the story that you're telling. Um, and so I don't know. I think that there's a little bit of a grittiness to it that really attracts me. But it probably would be a challenge for a lot of people. Yeah, I can say that. Uh- <laughs> Go ahead, Neil. Okay, great, Dave. So basically, how did this project start about There is a Kingdom? How did that happen? Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. So the film follows the uh, creation of a large-scale fresco mural in the sanctuary of this small church in uh, a town called Asheville, North Carolina. So I don't know if you're familiar with Asheville, a small town in western North Carolina. So I was living in Asheville at the time. um, A a subject of mine from a previous documentary actually told me about this painting that was going to happen And um, at the time she told me about it, there was a a funding controversy kind of surrounding the the painting. And I thought, oh, a controversy. Let me go. Let me go figure this out. You know, it it kind of felt like there could have been some drama. Um, And I went and I heard the pastor of this church talk about what the painting meant to him. And I was immediately sucked in. And it was a much bigger story. You know, from the beginning, I, I realized it's much bigger than just this funding controversy. And so that aspect is a is a blip in the film. But it's much more about 
you know, the overall uh, message that the fresco is, is talking about, um, it's about carrying on an ancient, you know, technique that really isn't practiced all that much anymore. And so, yeah, it just kind of snowballed. And uh, I told myself it was just going to be a short film. That's a trick to trick myself into approaching a topic. Because if you know you're going to be doing something for three plus years, you're never going to do it. So it just one thing led to the next and I followed it for three years. Here we are. Yeah, that's what my guy said too. <laughs> it just developed. He didn't know, he didn't even know the name of it. He didn't know how it was going to end. He yeah. just kept going, you know, and he followed me around for two and a half years. Yeah. And now uh, a year of editing, and now he's uh, going to polish that editing. Uh, what process, uh, where are you in the process on this one? This one's already released. This is the yeah. oh, videos and everything. Yeah. So, so this, this, yeah, go ahead, Neil. Sorry. No, I was going to add just, just to the point of, yeah. So he's, this is big, and he, uh, during Easter, had air in PBS stations. Chris, you can explain that. Wow. Yeah. So we had kind of a, our big um, broadcast release was in April, where we um, aired on um, 80% of PBS stations around the country on Easter. Um, and it still has a PBS run, but that was kind of like the big uh, broadcast splash um, as part of uh, the PBS World Channel. And, and now it's on um, uh, Apple TV, uh, Google Play, um, the YouTube movie section, the one you have to pay for the content. Um, so it's, it's, it's now being released on streaming platforms. And that's really, you know, where we're seeing kind of the second wave of people who've seen the film. Now, how did you get that content? Sorry. How did you get that, uh, that contact with uh, PBS and what was it exactly about the film that caught their attention? Um, well, the, the, the contact was, was, um, I mean, I work with different distributors and different people who kind of see the film and, um, you know, and this is part of it too. This is the third film I've made and I've kind of learned a lot in terms of um, not holding on to the film so tightly during the post-production phase, letting people see it, building advocates for the film, you know, getting people excited about it that then will take it to their contacts and so on and so forth. And so that's, you know, kind of the process I went through with this film was that I, I showed it to some key people um, you know, maybe four or five months before it was completely finished. Um, and I kind of created these advocates for the film that said, have you thought about PBS? Have you thought about this Avenue or this Avenue? Um, for PBS specifically, I mean, the film, um, deals with themes of faith, although it is not a quote, you know, faith-based film. It does talk about faith, especially as it relates to this church that really deals with members of the homeless population in Asheville. And so you have faith, you have um, messages of um, poverty, homelessness, addiction, mental illness. And then you have all of this kind of encapsulated in this, this rare piece of art that's being created. And mm. so those are kind of PBS friendly themes for the most part. I mean, yeah. we also did a, um, we did a, a pretty big film festival run in the second half of 2021 to kind of drum up support and credibility for the film. So that when we reached out to these, these other platforms like Apple TV and Canopy is another one that's going to start at this. That's an educational uh, distributor. Yeah. It had enough credibility, I think, behind it that people took notice. So when you talk about the film festival run and stuff like that, Chris, that, that, that's the big part of independent filmmakers, right? Is once you know, you, mm -hmm. you submit those to the film festivals and see what happens. And then when you get accepted yeah. and that's the game on, it's the networking phase of it as a filmmaker, right? To really present it and talk to people to find distributors and things like that. Right. Yeah. You know, the film festival world, and I'm certainly um, only speaking about this as an independent filmmaker. I, I have a lot of friends who work as programmers and work from the business side of the film festival world. So I'm, I'm saying this from a content creator standpoint um, that it's changed a ton in the last 10 years. And part of that is, you have big films now that completely bypass the film festival ecosystem and go straight to Disney plus or go straight to Netflix. The film festival world isn't what it used to be as this gatekeeper. Um, but I think it is still really important to what you said, Neil. A lot of people that I collaborate with um, on projects through film festivals. And I think it's also important, um, like I said, as kind of a stamp of credibility that allows um, if it got here and here and here, it's a project that's worth, um, you know, giving somebody your, your attention. So how many film festivals were you in and uh, awards, I'm assuming? You won some? 
Yeah, we were in about 15 and we won three. Okay. Um, you know, film festivals are, are, are challenging too. I mean, they're really <laughs> competitive. And so um, we felt pretty good about that run though, overall. And we just based on the, the geographic nature of the film, um, we did a lot in the Southeast um, throughout, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, but we also screened in California and New York. And, and so we've had, you know, a wider range, but it was concentrated in the Southeast. Yeah. What, and so basically in this, this process, what do you hope that your, the viewers get, the, the people who view the film get out of the film? What is your goal? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of themes in the film about accepting the other, whoever that other might be. I mean, that may be somebody on the street corner that we avert our eyes from. Um, that could be somebody um, within your own community that you don't think about on a daily basis. And so there's a lot of themes of, of um, kind of challenging this notion of who the other is in our society. Um, I also hope that, you know, if it, people see this, this piece of artwork and they're drawn to go visit it in real life, um, you know, it's a really amazing painting. It's 30 feet wide by 10 feet tall. The film cannot do justice to the real piece of art. And so I hope that it encourages people to go see the, the painting in real life if you're ever in Asheville. Um, and, uh, you know, and I have heard that from the church is that a lot of people come in because they saw the film. And so I, that's pretty encouraging. So what did you learn? You know, this is your third film. What did you learn from the first two films? And if if you could go back in time mm. and, and, you know, if you only knew, what would you tell yourself that younger person? Um, I mean, I don't... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I, I watch those films occasionally still. Um, and there are things about them that I, that I don't like, and there are things about it that I still feel hold up pretty well. So, I mean, I, I think um, there's just some things that more in terms of the distribution strategies that I've learned a lot in, the, especially with this third film mm -hmm. that I wish I had done, you know, especially in our first film, um, it was a, it's called Wagon Masters. It's a cultural history of the station wagon in America. And um, we did so well with that film, we didn't even realize it. Really? I mean, we were interviewed on CBS Sunday morning. Oh. We were, um, we were set, me, CBS Saturday morning. Still, national broadcast, oh. flown to New York for this. Um, you know, it was on, you know, it's on Amazon still. It, it's, but without knowing how to really push that out and capitalize on it, I feel like it kind of fizzled a little bit. And yeah. so most of the lessons that I've learned now looking back, I think are from the distribution side of things. Um, I still feel pretty good with the filmmaking and in, in all the films that I've worked on. They've been really different for me. It's, it's not a topic that draws me in. It's the story, whatever that story might be that draws me in. And so I feel good about that. Um, but yeah, I probably would, I probably would, uh, talk about the distribution side. What has changed with distribution back then and now? Because it, everything is always changing. Yeah. I mean, I think my perception back in 2011 was make a film, get somebody that sees it with money and they buy it and I sit back and they handle everything. That's, not that's, just, that's just not realistic at all. I mean, even, even really big films, there's a level of independent... Um, You know, you have to work on promoting it and doing all that on your own, no matter how good the film is. And so I think I probably would have been a little bit more proactive back then to try to get the film out there more. Definitely. And so this, the intriguing part is that you have to be a hustler. You have to, the director, the person is, this is your film. This is your baby. You need to be the hustler. You need to be able to get it and show it to different people. People understand the work that took place to get the success of being on CBS for the one film to getting film awards like this film. Mm -hmm. And then to be on a platform like PBS, it takes time and effort and it's worth it in so many ways. But yet a filmmaker, a young filmmaker, what recommendations would you give a young filmmaker today if they were going to try to be a filmmaker? Uh, networking. Networking's huge. I would definitely say you can't do everything by yourself. So create a team around you of people that you admire and respect and trust. Um, that's super important. Um, I would say that you can get um, people. I see this all the time. People get really bogged down with the technical requirements of whatever it is, what camera you're using, what software you have, what computer. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to be willing to go out there 
and film and talk to people and, and be in the field for long periods of time and really work a story to, to get all the, you know, all the information you need out of it. And that has a lot less to do with, you know, all the intricacies of, of being technical and all of that than it does just being gritty and, and going out and being willing to put in the time and, and, uh, and, and the energy to make a good film. And so I think for me, I was too hung up on technology in the early days, trying to know all the facets of this and that. I think it's important to just there. Documentary filmmaking especially is a process of interpersonal relationships. You have to make people feel comfortable. You have to get people to open up to you. Um, that That's the biggest thing. And so it's just, I don't know, I, I'm kind of rambling here, but I think it's just about being uh, you know, open and vulnerable and, and, and honest with subjects in the same way that you want them to be with you. How long did it take you to get rid of all the side jobs and, and just, you know, devote 100% of your time on your films? Oh, there's always a hustle. I mean, there's always stuff I'm doing. I'm teaching, I'm working on commercial projects, I'm doing film projects. I think that that's always, um, that's always kind of a nature of the business. It kind of depends on, on what stage of the filmmaking process I'm in dictates how much energy I'm putting toward one thing or another. Um, you know, fortunately for the last few years, I haven't had to do as many commercial projects because I've been focused, um, solely on my creative projects, which has been great. Um, but I'll probably get more into commercial projects here now in the next year or so. And, you know, the pendulum swings back and forth, but you're always doing a bunch of stuff. Well, it's good. You're an entrepreneur. That's the yeah. thing. That's the thing that you've been able to get to that level. All right, yeah. Dave, you have uh, Dave's final question is a caregiving question. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. So um, 25 years ago, my wife had this headache. We've been married 47 years and it wouldn't go away. And, and it just turned into this stroke and she lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. And the next two years, you know, we were grieving and deciding what are we going to do about this and reinventing ourselves almost broke up, but we hung in there. She became her old self again. And, and mm -hmm. now I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver. I go on television programs, been on 52 so far, spoke wow. all across the country, spoke in uh, London at the London Stock Exchange, met great famous people that uh, I shared the stage with. And I realized because my message to caregivers is, you know, 30% of you are dying just from the stress. So you've got to learn how to deal with that. And even before you become a caregiver, you know, start thinking about uh, this is inevitable. You're either going to become one or you're going to need one. It's, it's the tsunami on the horizon. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about that and, and what you're going to do? I mean, are you in a position, elderly parents, grandparents, uh, has it already happened? Um, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing you bring up. I mean, I'm an only child, so I think about it all the time. I have both of my parents still. And so, um, I live about seven hours. I live in North Carolina. Now my parents are from Northeast Ohio. That's where I grew up. And so, um, yeah, I think about it all the time and I don't have a good I, a solution, but I will say that my wife and I talk about it and try to figure out what we will do. My wife's one of three. And I feel like with the siblings, you have a little bit more, um, I don't know, flexibility sometimes with caregivers, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think about that a lot. Well, keep me in mind in my website, caregiverdave.com because right. one day you're going to need it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everyone, everyone's going to need it at one point. Dave, and, then, and I think caregiving is also just talking to them, being a good contacting your family, your, your parents, your grandparents. Mm -hmm. That's part of caregiving as well. All right, Dave, appreciate it. And where can we check out the film right now? Where can we go? Chris? Uh, you could watch it on Apple TV. You could watch it on Google play. Um, you can watch it on uh, YouTube movies. It'll be on uh, Canopy for educational streaming. If you have a, if you're part of a university or have a library card, you'll be able to watch it this summer on Canopy. Um, or if you just go to theirsisthekingdomfilm.com, we have a list of all the places you could see it there. We have new streaming platforms coming out every day. So um, if you search it, you can find it and, and watch it. All right, Chris, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Appreciate you too, Dave. And guys, take care. That was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? The movie is soon coming, right? It's coming. Yes, so excited. We're going to uh, Marina Del Rey to a screening of my film editor's guy. He's got a movie up there. And also one of the uh, people we interviewed has a movie the same night. And then probably my movie is going to be up there in a couple of months as well. So uh, we're excited. Well, it's exciting times. And this is why my 
guest today ultimately has created a platform like this because there's so many people that have creative creative uh, stuff that doesn't get the mainstream of picking up by Netflix and Amazon. They want a platform for it. And my guest, Mokish Mahdi, who's a film director, producer, everything entrepreneur that came on my show before, it has a new project he wants to discuss. How are you, Mokish? Thanks for stopping by. Thank you very much, Neil. I really appreciate uh, Dave. Nice to see you. And uh, good, luck, good luck for your new project. Thank you. Uh, and I'm really excited uh, at your show. We would love to uh, stream on your platform. How exciting. Yes, yes, yes. So let's talk about how this came about. Because Mokish, you are doing, you've, how many films have you created pretty much? In your so, all right. So first I made like one uh, documentary movie in 2015. It's called Vision. Uh, it's just to motivate the community, motivate the people to do the good things. That's what the movie about. It's like 10 minutes movie. And then after... I created this uh, movie, which is right now running on my own platform, as well as on Amazon. Uh, it's called The Elevator with Eric Roberts. And then I'm filming, I'm, I'm going to start shoot my next movie. Uh, it's a horror movie called Torn, T-O-R-N. Uh, that I'm going to start shoot next month. Uh, and this platform, so what happened, Neil? Uh, why did I come up with this platform? What is the reason behind it? The reason is, See, when I was filming and then I made this movie, The Elevator, as an independent filmmaker, I learned a lot of things that it was my first feature film. So I learned that there are so many people, including myself, it was very difficult for me to put my movie on Amazon. I went with a lot of, lot of hard work, a lot of trouble, and then learned that many people, sometimes they are very talented, they make half of the movie and then after they run out of the money or some, something happens and they, they don't do, they shut their project. Sometimes they make the movie, but they don't get the platform. They don't know where to release, what to do. So that's why I came up with this, that how can I help independent filmmakers to come to this platform, release your film and start making money same day. Yeah, uh, it's a great idea, and it's a, been a long time coming. Thank you so much for providing this. Um, are, you, are you Indian? Yes, I was born and raised in India. Uh, I live yeah. in New York for many, many years now. I came in this country in 1994. So the name of this uh, platform called Indie Films World, which wow. is worldwide, and it's running right now, is there already. Uh, is, does, does it I, have I anything to do with... Does it have anything to do with indie books? Sorry for interrupting. I'm sorry? Does it have anything to do with indie books or no? No, no, nothing to do oh. with indie books, no. It is like all independent filmmakers, you will always find different movies, which you don't, you will always see, you want wow. to watch different movies. Awesome. Yeah. You are That's like tired cool. of, you are tired of watching all the same commercial movie again and again wow. and again, and how long you will watch the same face. So that's why we created, we bring the talent on this platform, let the, and the price is amazing. It's a very good price. And we have like a 50% discount going on right now. So it's wow. an amazing price we have right now. It's, just it's, it's a great time. I'm, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. It's a great time because, you know, independent filmmaker won an Academy Award and that really opened the door up. And now Dinesh, who's making this uh, 20 mules, uh, he's getting a lot of publicity. So uh, I think it's going to open the doors for a lot of independent filmmakers, especially with what you're providing. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Makish, yes. thinking about specifically enough, this whole thing is that a lot of independent films now have big stars that we're not used to seeing. Like you brought up Eric Roberts to get a leading role versus right. maybe a sub leading role or other actors. Where are they now? Well, they're doing independent films. And yeah. Will Smith. Really? Oh, he, I didn't know he's doing independent films right now. Is he? Well, he he was in the film that won the Academy Award, which is an independent film. Okay, that's true. But I'm what I'm going back is Dave is and Makish would agree with me is that there are a lot of talent out there and new talent that's not able to be seen or found when you go into an Amazon or a Netflix right. to really find it compared to how you're trying to highlight these filmmakers, right? Right. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's the whole idea behind it. How can they come? And the idea, and we put it such a simple way. And I tell you one thing, the producers will be so happy. And I tell you how. 
over we have a using a software when they cannot download the movie because i guarantee you that as soon as you put any movie on amazon the next day it is on the bad on the black market like on a different platform people can watch it they steal it oh man But on my platform they cannot download that's number one number two like on iphone you can do the screen saver you can do screen recording with my platform you cannot do it mm. there's no screen recording you can't even take a picture if you take a picture on the screenshot of the movie it will come out black is okay. is that uh, copyrighted or you're the only one who's doing that this is my platform i i protect the producer nobody can copy it nobody can do screen saver like you know sometimes you can do screen saving right you can sure. record the screen recording you cannot do that on my platform that wow. kind of security we are giving it to the producers so no the, way people right. that's nobody has it exactly i can no nobody has it this not even amazon not even netflix nobody has it as far as my knowledge they don't have because it. because films are so expensive to produce the big blockbusters where only people are trying the theaters i'd say maybe five to seven films mokesh are in like for two to three months in the theaters now there's not lots of films being released people that there's not opportunities to watch films anymore and in netflix and all that they're going away and amazon are leaving the movie industry it's going more to just again have watching series that's where they're putting all their money and bucks there's hardly any films to watch especially yeah. if you're talking the horror genre or anything how many but how many independent films are out there because it's really booming there's a ton of there thousands thousands of them worldwide if you talk about thousands of them like i'm telling i'm myself i'm making three web series in india right now as we speak uh, so i'm just producing it and this tone also movie i'm producing it and there are many people i know like when i travel for this platform i was in india and in the bollywood and hollywood is the biggest industry when it when it talk about the film right and i learned again there also that many people many people they want uh, to bring their talent yeah so that's that's a good 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 for them honestly i think yeah. and and more and more theaters are now are, are catering to independent like tonight in marina del rey they've got a huge uh, multiplex and they are showing about 30 or 40 independent films starting from you know early afternoon till late into the evening tonight i was amazed at how many are playing just tonight and then they get their family and friends to buy tickets and different people and it's a better way than having to pay so much to just ha have the sure. and the tickets tickets are like 10 or $12 i mean i would take my wife to go to a multiplex to see uh, two or three independent films that you can't see anywhere else it's a great great uh, model no dave now they can see on indie films world mm. they can see the independent film on indie films world and i'm Yeah. So Mokesh, what yeah. are you doing on recruiting different independent filmmakers to come to your platform? What have you been doing trying to do that so far? So, of course like we are so right now we are planning to do some launch party on on June 23rd uh, in New York. Uh and uh, of course PR, you know definitely PR and marketing that's why we have to do it. And also I'm connecting with few film uh, a few film festival organizations to talk to them and partnership with them. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm working really hard, and I know it'll be it'll be super successful, and we will definitely uh, cater uh, the independent filmmakers on the platform. So, what do you think are the biggest film festivals to go to for educating our audience? Which okay, so I would I wouldn't go to the biggest fest film festival. Uh, the reason is I would rather go to the small film festivals. The reason is because there you can get independent filmmakers, mm -hmm. right? you don't i don't want to waste my time go to cans or like any like big platform big uh, film festival because there's no point because people expect big things there and here and then normally people the commercial movies goes and all that so that's not the plan i have right now i have a plan to to visit the small film festivals I mean, that's what that's my strategy is are you getting any pushback from the powers that be you know uh, uh are you a believe in freedom of speech i mean doesn't oh, matter what what the message is like dinesh is obviously very very conservative getting a lot of pushback from the liberal side of the platforms you know see i tell you one thing there will be always people will try to bully you as long as you are doing the right thing 
You don't need to worry about it. We are not here to steal anybody's business. We are not here to compete with anybody. We are bringing the talent which they people can't see it anywhere. I don't have any. I don't want to compete with anybody. I mean, this is my philosophy from the beginning. Like when I tell you the, uh, I'll tell you a story of one minute. I I had a family doctor and I wanted my kids to go to the best school. I'm talking about like 10, 15 years, like 15 years before. And he mentioned to me, okay, you know, this is the best school, but I'm not sending my kids to that school. I said, why not? I said, there's a lot of competition. I, I sent my kids there. I said, I don't care about competition. The bottom line is they get the best education. That's most important. We are not here to compete with anybody. Everybody had their own cake. You eat your own cake. Everybody had their own fate. You know what I'm saying? Everybody comes with their own fate in the life. So I'm not worried about right. that. And I'm not here to compete with you. I'm just trying to help my Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.